Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Radical Humanity. I am back on the back on the mic saddle, so to speak. Um, and yeah, um, I'm looking forward to this one. This is this is another poetry episode. And just quickly, I this is where I read one of my poems that I've written. I love writing poetry, and uh, and uh, um, and I, I actually it's satisfying all around. I love I love constructing the poem, reading it over and over to myself, reading it to friends, reading it to my therapist, reading to whoever, and and I, I enjoy reading it on this uh, on these episodes. And uh, and then I also and then I give commentary as well. So that's the the synopsis there. And I like doing it in the order where I read it, so you can sit with it, interpret it how you want to, and then I give, uh, and then I talk about it. I, I do a behind-the-scenes uh, uh, reveal and and little 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 verbal documentary on w- w- like what was behind that. So this is this is a big one for me. Um, I'm even wondering how am I going to talk about this uh, after after I read it. But I'm trying to think, too, if there's anything else to say beforehand. I usually like to give a preamble and not just jump into it. But at this point, I think I just want to read this. And uh, let's see what comes from that or what I talk about from this. So this, again, man, me and this poems, I tell you what, I got to start I got to start doing some some uh, some Fun, playful ones, because these, whoo, these these will make you sweat. Um, no, I actually, uh, they're really enjoyable to write, and I know that they're they're certainly intense concepts and whatnot, but um, they're just, they're really fun. It's it's fun all around. So if you don't have fun, um, well, I you, you know. There's there's a, a a mass amount of videos and YouTube there that you can enjoy. So you can you can you can do a palate cleanser after this guy, um, and uh, and have fun watching animals play instruments or something. Um, so on that note, this is called divine loss. Build a shrine, construct a box, dividing curtains to guard against impurity. To get to you only good behavior, devoted ritual for divine favor. The name that's given, a lethal designation. A violent outbreak to secure the rights, trademark God, all else is fraud, deceptive claims of higher power's name. Fool's gold constructs the sacred cow to feed the heart security and end unsettling mystery. Demystify, domesticate unknown fate. Doubt and interrogation instigate warnings of souls festering, but the questions that stir naturally occur, wonderings of this great being. Be careful, his temper's short and burns like hell. Clean up your act, purify yourselves, pleasant aromatic offerings to avoid eternal sting. He loves you unconditionally, but only on the condition that you stay within the bounds, white lines painted by the religiously found. All it takes is to say the name and avoid the things that bring the Father shame. Avoid investigation and absorb the messages from the ordained with unquestionable digestion. Secure our tribe, allure the other with eloquent bribe. Hurry! 
The ship is sinking. Earth is plummeting into dark despair. Fire up the messages. The ineffable is watching. Checking a list for who's naughty or nice. Blacking out names from the book of life. The world is lost, but at least I'm found. In the heavens is where I will be safe and sound. If only I say the name, emphasize how wretched I am, detoxify my polluted soul with manufactured lines of sanctity, projected out into the ether, inoculation from endless burn. Now fastidious coaxing to get others to turn. At least I've done the good deed, shared the divine name for all to heed, smokescreen gatherings covering present need. Quick, sing louder, the great one we must feed. Never mind the surrounding cries, let's just focus on the grand eternal prize. Bow your head, send skybound messages, avoid the despairing gaze of those around, begging internally to be found. But all these truths are buried alive that contradict the words of the tribe, violent fighting through the dirt, desperate scratching at the coffin, haunting doubts that betray messages told. Has it all been a bill of goods? I've been sold. The curtain tears, the box destroyed, the crucified unmasks the hidden realities that deep within lives this void. All along we believe the divine was something we could perceive in celestial lands where the supreme is thrown, or a chest traversing the desert behind a curtain for only the cleansed and ordained, a magical object to stroke our desires, to cure the terror of mystery and take all earth's pains away. Now the divine is nowhere to be found. At the core churns this loss, desperate clinging to return, while inner systems collapse. Foolproof plan now has vanished. Disorientation. The compass's arrow hurriedly spinning. Frantic searching for the truth. A cruel game of hide-and-seek. Imminent pining for the answers. Yet all that comes is frightening silence. An inner voice breaks the despairing hush. Writhing truths fight for breath, guiding the soul to peace and rest. But first a path marked tumultuous. This inner force becomes the guide, unseen ambush by judgment's attack, that unite to seduce the soul away and live among the rot and decay. Desperate searching for escape, religious couchsurfing will solve it all. The God I seek must be out there, somewhere. Shadows cast on what was known, secure thinking violently uprooted, comforts infected by disbelief, the divine object demystified, impotent, vacant, contrived. Behind the curtain exists nothing, the great being now a figment of imagination. Kingdoms of safety crumble, bread and wine tasteless and bland. The magic of ritual siphoned, lifeless routine to prop up the frail and dying. Darkness closes in, suffocating all belief, surrender to wandering. Clouded knowing permeates the days, imaginings of safer ways. Where chairs had faced the stage display, roaming pastors, righteous lives, preventing sheep from drifting astray. Crescendos of hope generated from instruments' voice, preoccupying doubt's unsettling noise. Ruptured wombs that felt so warm, now immersed in doubt's violent storms. But then this light flickers on, illuminates the inner void, colors vibrantly all around, picking up the faintest sounds. Dividing lines begin to fade, passions burst in energetic ways, movements happen at the core, unsettled until responded to its implore. Doubt takes on another form, questions guide the self to life, exploration commandeers the wheel, mystery now excites. The heart opens wide to unknown paths, heaviness finds cure in guttural laughs, 
Hunger ignites to go and seek, digest the wisdom from the weak. Tears and rage are welcome noise, quieting ceremonial sounds offering fabricated poise. Leave the altar and you will find the answers to your unending sleuthing for the divine. Buildings of comfort degrade to ruin, now left standing in naked array, vulnerably exposed amongst religious rubble to devour life in untouched ways. The surrounding sounds of expanded existence, a symphony fueling impassioned embrace, disillusionment of objectified God, gives birth to something alive and sonorous. Unlocked cells free zealous circulation, prime the soul for inner articulation. To share this love, discover deep down, and give it expression through differentiated sound. The truth once covered is now unveiled, the old ways a ship once sailed. In all frantic searching and despairing loss, one has greatly learned the box divine kept on the shelf, now revealed in a love for life itself. Whoo! Gotta chew on that, right? Um, man, I really loved re reading this one, actually. I So, when I wrote this, um, this took me... This took me a couple days. I would take a break, I'd come back to it. I um, would revisit it. I, this, this, sometimes the poems will really flow out of me and there's not a lot of correction or there's, you know, there's not a lot of altering going on and I usually don't alter my poems. Uh, when it comes out, it comes out the way it, it does. Um, although sometimes I'll do a word search to see what fits, what, what might kind of um, have a little more congruence with the feel of the poem. Um, this one took a bit of piecing together and I... I struggled with this one a little bit um, because of how much I rhyme. And I tend to get in that flow where I don't... I like poems that rhyme. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a great flow and rhythm to it um, at, at the tempo. But, uh, but sometimes it can get a little campy and cheesy rhyming. Um, but uh, when I finished this, and I, you know, I, had, I had a period of time where I... I kind of um, I, I fretted about it, but even when I read it now, I'm really I really enjoy this one. I'm really satisfied with it. Um, I'm grateful that this came out of me, and I really like the the rhyming behind it, and it does give it a certain flow. And it it does it goes in and out of rhyming and and then just kind of free form there, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I really, really love this poem. And this was the s second to last one that, I, that I've, I've written. I took a break from writing poetry. But, um, yeah, what do I say about this one? It's called Divine Loss. And clearly, if, you've lis if you're listening to it and take it in, it's pretty clear that there's this, um, this is obviously all of what I write is so personal. And this is my journey, and and I want to speak for me. I don't want to, I don't want this to be externalized and impersonal and about others. This is this is my journey where I wrestled with my belief system. I wrestled with my religious tribe, with Christianity, with um, the meaning of life. 
I really struggled, and I left the institutionalized church and found my own path and was able to really kind of struggle and, and tarry with these, uh, with these uh, understandings and, and really find myself. Um, but there was this struggle of how we, um, how we conjure up God and objectify God and, and, and then fight over the divine and who has the right understanding. That's why in the beginning I talk about trademark God. I loved, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm going to gloat a little bit. I loved, uh, uh, I loved all of this, but there's certain sections that stand out to me that I really liked and, you know, trademarking God and, you know, f- you know, fighting or getting other people to, to see it our way. And I have the right way. And I know, I know who God is and there's only one God and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, we, we, we really, uh, we really kind of become solid and concrete, uh, in this ethereal force that, uh, <laughs> that lives in this world, that breathes in this world. And, and, um, and breathes in us and moves and stirs in us that we call God or the divine. Or, um, and, and again, I think for me, the divine, I like saying the divine because God just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And the divine is meaning to me that there's something bigger than us. There's something more at work here. There's something stirring and moving in us. And, and, and it's the ineffable. There's beyond words, right? We might try to understand it, which is okay, but for me, I want I want to approach the divine with uh, openness that I don't know. I can't frame words behind that which is beyond and bigger than me. Um, and so, uh, um, and so anyway, so this was me kind of really uh, piecing words and 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 uh, around this idea of how we. Um, you know, we'll claim that we really know this higher power and and who this is, and then we'll we'll war against others and create these tribes around what we think is our, our, the right God and the right way of understanding. And and so for me, that really I struggled with that, and I lost God in the sense of uh, I, I kind of went atheist in a way. And I, what I mean by that is I I lost completely who God is and was and um, felt this loneliness and felt this disconnect and felt uh, this absence and um, and will at times and stuff and, uh, and and realizing that that the divine is not some being out there but the very force and energy and source of love that that breathes vibrantly in this life and um, uh, stirs this waking up in us and uh, but anyway, um, you know, growing up, there's this concept that this force is this being that's pissed off, and uh, and and you've got to satisfy and and appease the divine because watch out, there's a flaming inferno at the end of this life, and so you better do that. And what I realized in my personal journey, in therapy, working with clients, my understanding of attachment theory. Uh, is that we? It's a projection of our own uh, that we've internalized of, of our own personal experiences with our families, our parents, right? Always having to please the external, always having to appease, and so we make that we turn this force into that God that that is like it mirrors our parental upbringing, our sources of love uh, at, at the beginnings of our life, and so um, and so we we. Uh, begin to see this love as conditional, and you've got to do everything right, and 
you gotta stay within the right bounds so you're loved well. I mean, does that not reflect a lot of our experiences when we're children? Um, and how we create these scripts and these ways of, uh, uh, of trying to cleanse ourselves, of trying to make ourselves right. And, and, and that's what I wrestled with. I struggled with that so much that sometimes there would be these scripted prayers and it just for me, they weren't genuine for me. When I'd say them, I didn't want to say them. That was my truth is I don't want to say them. I want to be honest. I want to express what's deep in my soul. I don't want to read something that's scripted. For others, that may work. For me, it didn't, it didn't work. I didn't like it. I didn't want to go through my own journey and healing process and saying things that were pre-written. I wanted to express the voice within. Um, the other thing, too, is, yeah, then, then there's this, whether it's said or unsaid, it's kind of like there's this experience, this, this message where you have to accept what's being said from those who have studied it, who know, who know the way, who know the right understanding. And, and yet, I wonder how many of us, and I, of course I'm, I'm speaking out, out, of, out of myself and into the world, but I wonder how much we have these questions, these interrogations, these doubts going on in us these, that I think are so important. I think I, I, for us to be able to embrace our doubting, our questioning, our uncertainty, our, our skepticisms. I, I really want to emphasize that how vital that is. And for me, it was. It was. I just started questioning this, even though I was scared to question it. I, I would attack myself and say, "There's something wrong with me because I doubt this." Um, and so there is. There's like we've got to digest this and not think about it, not ask these questions, and, um, and then we, you know, we've got to. Uh, really kind of die on this hill and we have the right way and we're going to secure our tribe and we got we to gotta alert others and get them to join because uh, this world is just a shit show and it's going to hell and that's, I mean, these are the messages I grew up with. Um, uh, and, then, and then there's this experience I had, so I, in this part of the poem I talk about never mind the surrounding cries, let's just focus on the grand eternal prize um, avoid the despairing gaze of those around, begging internally to be found. And as I went through some of these gatherings within the, within the church, um, I began to feel this indignation. I began to feel, and I know so much with, of it was so personal that I projected on others. I made it about everybody else when really it was me. I wanted to be seen. I wanted my voice to come out, my true voice. I wanted to be genuine. But then I couldn't help wonder how so many people feel so much shame and beat themselves up and there's so much internalized anger and there's and there's rage going on in them and they're 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 feeling much, so much shame about their sexuality or that they're you know whatever it is like and they hate themselves and they have to stuff that down and and be a certain way and uh, uh conform and um and how there was so much focus on we got to please the divine and worship god and um and yet what I felt was real communion, real worship, real sacrifice, real was, for me, is this deep, genuine, connected bonding experience to one another in the world. That that's what we're invited into, is to be a part of healing and growing and laughing and dancing and sharing and making love and uh, uh, feasting together and 
uh, creating music and, you know, uh, getting angry at each other and confronting the wounds and addressing the manipulations and all of that. That, that for me, that's a rich, vibrant humanity. That's religion. That's which religion means to reconnect. That, to me, is where the healing life takes place on the sharing the pains and addressing it to laughing together. And that's what I love, like when I'm in therapy with my clients is, uh, I mean, this, this change has happened so significantly in me where like, I will call it out. I will, I will get angry. I will address the truth, but I also will laugh with my clients. I'll tease them and I'll, I'll tease myself and I'm vulnerable with them about what's going on in my life and um, my my own struggles and going through a breakup and, you know, I mean, all of this stuff. Like, I'll share that. And, um, God, it's just the richest experience for me. And that, for me, is what I wanted. That's why I left the institutionalized church because I thought, I can't, I can't do this. The church is the world. It's the earth. It's all of it. Everyone that inhabits it, I can learn from others, grow from them. From, from their experiences, their story, and share mine as well. But share my story, not convince others to see it my way, which there was a time I was doing that, but to, but to share me. And that's, um, and so for me, like all these questions and all, like this is, this is when I talk about the curtain tears, the box destroyed, the, you know, start wondering, is this what people, what I've been taught, is this really true? Um, and when I say the crucified unmasked the hidden realities, meaning the one who died, right, reveals that inside there's this lack, there's this pain, there's this inner loneliness, um, that out of that creates this violence that we want to destroy others, we want to annihilate others that we think are satisfied, that we think are living this life that we, that we want, that we feel restricted from having, that we, we will end up hurting, destroying others, or destroying ourselves. Um, and so that, uh, that's what I'm talking about, is that the real, for me, the crucifixion um, really is what reveals this, this inner pain and ache and loneliness, and, and how we will consume the world and objects and to, to feel try to feel at one and at peace and secure with ourselves. And uh, again, I hope the Attitude Series addresses that. So uh, I hope you read and listen to that. Um, and so these realities that start to come to the surface, or did come to the surface for me, that the divine is not somewhere out there and, uh, you know, or and when I say a chest traversing the desert, that was the, the ark, um, you know, this chest that the Israelites carried in the desert that they thought God was in, or behind a curtain in this in this ornate temple, very organized ornate temple that they created, thinking that this presence was in there. Um, and uh, all to feel secure, feel safe, to uh, um, kind of control mystery and, and eliminate reduce our fear of the unknown and take our pains away. And so, and then there's this realization for me that, again, this waking up, the divine is nowhere to found to be found, right? The, um, there's this loss. Everything starts to fall apart. What My belief system just crumbles. And then I'm disoriented. I don't know. I'm, I'm completely lost. I'm frantic. I'm searching. I, um, I don't know. And then there's this voice that starts to come out of me, but then judgment starts to attack it, and it's this very tumultuous process. 
Um, and when I say religious couch surfing, <laughs> I really like that. I mean, when we'll convert, we'll feel this discontentment and, it's, and we'll project it onto the church, onto religion, and we'll say, it's this, so I need to change course. I need to change and go switch to a new tribe. Um, and that's our tendency is, well, we'll go to this and we'll go to this, but we don't realize that our dissatisfaction is, is, is so profound and it's illuminating something that if we paid attention to that, that what it's saying is, I don't want this. I want to live and enjoy, but what we'll do is we'll still be dependent on the external systems, that it's that. But really... If, the reality for me was that, no, I, I made it about the church. It's it's the church's fault. It's this. It's something's not right. But the reality is, no, I'm not settled. I'm not satisfied. This isn't working for me. I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I want, for me, I want to really live. And and so uh, so that's what I'm talking about. And, and and then, uh, and so there's this crumbling, there's this frustration, the, this, uh, I feel stuck, I feel, I'm in despair. Um, when I say the bread and wine tasteless and bland, I mean like the, the communion elements, it just, it doesn't matter anymore. What does that even mean? It, it, it was just to feel secure and safe for me. Um, and, and so, uh, and so there's, and when I talk about imaginings of safer ways, and I talk about, sometimes I would, um, want to return back to the church, or sometimes I wish, man, I wish I could go back to that, because I feel so naked, and I feel so, uh, un, I feel uh, disrobed of what, of my comforts, of what was familiar, and now I don't know. I don't know. I don't pray like this. I don't, I, I, I my prayers are just shouting, and anger, and frustration, and, you know, and, and, um, and I, I don't read scripture like I did, it's just stories that pop in my head that I write about now and I explore for myself, but I don't, I, I, I've lost all of that, all of those, those rituals. Um, and, and so I'll imagine sometimes I hope, man, I wish I could go back to that where, man, that was just familiar and known and comfortable. And, but at the same time, there's also this other voice that says, no, I don't want to go back to that. This is just because I feel lost. And, um, and so that's when I when I talk about ruptured wombs that felt so warm. That's what I talk about, you know. And now immersed in doubts, violent storms. Uh, um, yeah, it's it, for a while. It's a very awful experience of of individuating, differentiating, um, becoming uh, um, uh, kind of uh, um, what do I want to say? Severing that fusion, that dependency on the external. And finding myself. And so that's when I talk about that, then all of a sudden when I say this light flickers on, something illuminates within through all this struggle. Now all of a sudden, that which I judged, that which I pushed away, doubt is beautiful and questioning is, and the mystery is now become exciting instead of something that I fear. Like, you know, less and less do I fear going into a session with a client or the day. In fact, I get more excited because I start thinking, ooh, What's going to happen? What am I going to say? What's going to what's going to come about? And that's so foreign because I lived terrified of my family and my mom, terrified of what was going to happen. I, you know, that was my upbringing. So of course, that permeated life. I was terrified of the unknown, afraid of hurt and pain and loss and and so now what's shifting in me? You know, there's still some anxiety, but what's shifting in me is, ooh, I can confront, I can speak my truth and some people leave. 
I've had, I've had clients get up and leave in the middle of the session. I've had clients, you know, cancel or not come back. I have, you know, when I, when I confront and then I have those, God, it was, man, I'll probably get emotional saying it, but I had a, a session today with a client that, you know, I was really honest with him and his wife. And, and he even said, he said to me today, he said, I respect you all the more for that. It's like, oh my God. Ooh, I just mean, you know, it just, it touches me, you know, like there are those that are hungry for that genuineness. That's how I want to live. That's how I want to be. And that's what I discovered in this and, and the passions in me. And, and when I say dividing lines begin to fade, I mean, everyone is sacred. Everyone I can learn from. Everyone is my teacher. Everyone, you know, uh, uh, that's when Jesus talks about those you hate to become friends and, and, um, that's, that's the real challenge right there, right? And, um, and there's, I can go on about that and what that means, but I won't, um, there's this hunger to go, to seek, to find, um, anger and weeping is welcomed. It's a part of this. It's, it's, um, when I say quieting ceremonial sounds, that's again in reference to the, the 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 worship services, right? That cover over the the agony and the ache, um, and uh, and then when I say leave the altar and you will find, right? When for me is leaving leaving the church, leaving that sanctuary and experiencing the sanctuary of life of this earth which God, I love. It's so fun. It's so enjoyable. It's so, there's such a mystery. It's, wow, I can go do this. I can go, I can go enjoy things and seek pleasure. And, oh, that's for me is living. Um, and when I talk about buildings of comfort to greater ruin, I mean, like for me, the institutionalized church, the building, the, 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 what felt comfortable just degrades. And there I am naked. There's just the rubble, right? And now what's left is, here's existence. I was surrounded by these walls, and now here I am, that here's the church, here's life. This is what I'm exposed to, that I feel existence moving in me, touching me. Right. And then I go through this disillusionment when I lose God as an object. Something in me now is, within comes alive. Right. When I say unlock, I like this little play on words, unlock cells, free zealous circulation. So, right, we're talking about uh, imprisonment, you know, and when you're, when you're released from that, you're free, right? Free from dependency on the external, free from judgment. But also when I talk about unlock cells, I'm talking about like the, like the cells in our body and, and zealous circulation, how they circulate our body when they ignite. Like, you know, when you work out, there's this, you know, increased flow and activity. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, and prime the soul for inner articulation and, and, you know, finding our voice and expressing it in the world and in a unique, differentiated way. And, uh, and so, um, so anyway, so that's, uh, yeah, when I, in the, the last couple lines that I end with is the box divine kept on the shelf, right? Still in reference to boxing, putting a curtain behind and closing, containing this divine presence that we think is contained, right? Because there's this part in the story where Jesus, when he's crucified, then the curtain tears. And that's saying that there's, and there's nothing there, meaning the divine is not there. 
not contained in some object, idle form, but it's, but it's this energy here. You're connected in life, this presence, to this love, to this source, right here and now, is all around, in us, through us, with us, grounding us in each other, all of that. Interactive in and between and through and every single preposition you can think of. So, um, and, and that's what I mean. So, God, I love talking about this. This was a fun one. I really, really enjoyed this. This is this is one of my favorites, actually. Um, and I mean that. I say that with all of them, but this truly is one at the top of my list. So, um, on that note, I hope you enjoyed. And uh, till next time.